Welcome to another week of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. My guest this week is Robert Stevens. Robert, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Uh, I think it's my third Cool Tools this time. Uh, my name is Robert Stevens. Uh, most people know me as the founder of the Geek Squad. I'm a new founder again of a company called Chainlist. And um, actually, you could say Chainlist was inspired by Cool Tools. Wow. We'll hear about that and um, after Robert shares some of his tools with us. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing about your newest venture. So um, we actually saw each other um, last week on a wonderful walk, and you were demoing some really cool stuff. And I'm hoping that these are some of your favorite tools that you can share with us. So um, tell us about your first choice, these tags. Yeah. Well, you know, during the pandemic, most of us, uh, if we already weren't on Apple Pay or experiencing tap to pay, uh, you likely are now at the gas station at the store. Well, inside of most phones now, there's an NFC chip that stands for near field communication. And this tech was kind of expensive for a while, but now for less than 30 cents a pop, my first item on Google Tools is these cheap NFC coin tags. And basically, it's like a QR code that you can touch instead of having to scan with your camera. And you can store a URL on here. You can put a phone number. So you could put this in a, a pet tag. And so somebody sees your dog and uh, they could tap their phone and it would text you or dial you your phone. So um, this idea is, so it's a QR code that's like, it's like a physical QR code or an invisible QR code, maybe I would say. So it acts just like a QR code, but it, there's no visible code. It's just a piece of plastic that your phone senses or other devices can sense them. Can a exactly just like a QR a, code. Yeah, just like a QR code, you can store. Uh, you know, most people just store a URL to take you to a website. Right. You can also store a contact card. So a lot of people are using these like at conferences. So tap your phone on the table, and I'll get your contact info. You can also embed text. You can embed uh, phone numbers, uh, map locations, a couple other things, and um, like uh, home automation shortcuts. Um, so now a QR code is a lot of, you're seeing them everywhere now, and it requires you to take your camera out. This is kind of like gonna be the next thing where you just take your phone, you just tap it. Um, and this offers, I think, a lot of really interesting use cases. For example, <clears throat> my community nonprofit here recently, we had a picnic and people showed up and it's free to attend, but we, we want to let people donate. Um, so we had a little picture frame with a QR code on it saying donate, but it also had that icon that you see at the gas station, tap to donate. And we just glued one of these behind a sheet of paper. It was just a link to um, uh, our donation website and um it, you know, we didn't have to have somebody sitting at a table to do that. So it's going to replace kind of like what you see here. And most of the time you see this, which is a little credit card terminal. Right. This makes this kind of go away. Wow. So um, you also mentioned that you could kind of use it in your house, like for a smart house or home automation or an office automation. What kinds of things could people do with them dispersed around their house? Well, you know, if you have um, increasingly, whether it's Google or Apple's HomeKit, you know, there's the Apple Shortcuts app. So you can have a shortcut on your phone to say, turn the lights on. Well, that actually generates a little kind of URL, just like a website URL. If you store that on here and tape it next to a wall, you could literally, anybody that walks by and taps their phone, it will trigger that sh whatever shortcut you want to um, 
turn on the music, turn on a light. And this opens up some interesting possibilities. For example, let's say you have an aging grandmother who's at home and you want to make it easy for her to just, you know, uh, you know, contact somebody. She could literally touch one of her devices on this and it would send a text. Um, so there's lots of uh, use cases that you can use for it. And when someone touches it, do they have to be activating the phone while they're touching it or is it just literally touch it with your phone or do you have to be... Uh, all you have, all you have to do is um, you just have your phone on. I, and then if I just hold it here, and you see it pop up yeah, right there, right. and I tap, and then it opens up a web page. So that's all it is. Because right here, most phones, it's right near the corner tip of your phone where you would tap to pay, and this just triggers that pop up that you can see right there. So you don't? Uh, can people inadvertently be? Um... I mean, if they inadvertently touched it without even knowing it, it would still activate that link. Yeah. Passing this over your phone like this, walking by, first of all, near field communication really only works within about a half inch. Okay. Uh, also, you have to hold your phone there to trigger it. Passing it by is not going to do that. Um, and also, all it's going to do is it's going to show you the URL. It does not actually visit the website until uh. you click it. So even tapping your phone on this will not reveal to the website that you have tapped on it. What mm -hmm. Apple does very smartly is they sandbox an mm -hmm. anonymous like thing to let you know, hey, this is the website. If you click on this, this is where it will take you to. Right, okay. So they have varying levels of- So it's a two-step process, just touch and then click on the link. That's right. And it this does not work if your <clears throat> phone is off. So if my phone is off right now and I hold it, um, right. Actually, wrong. Well, it did trigger that. <laughs> Maybe it does. Let's find out. It keeps uh, waking up. Let's see if we do this test here. So I'm just going to hold this here. Yeah, it does not wake it up. If you just touch it to it, your phone has to be active. Like you yeah. have to wake the screen. So that's another way that they uh, right, prevent right. you from inadvertently uh, going to a website. Okay. Um, and then how much do these little, you mentioned these are kind of pretty cheap, these discs. They get, they're getting cheaper and cheaper. This is like among the cheapest I found. I bet if you hunted Amazon, these, if you buy a bag of 50, they're 30 cents a pop, wow. uh, which is pretty amazing. Uh, this stuff is getting so small and thin that uh, pretty soon they'll be able to embed this in clothing, um, in paper. In fact, my prediction is we will have printable NFC tags, mm -hmm. like on your, maybe a conductive ink on your inkjet printer. So I think we're just at the beginning of the different use cases. Right. And um, you can paint over them or you can kind of put them underneath something so they're not even visible if you wanted to. That's right. There are, this one's already coded. I think this is like Teflon. Um, you asked about use cases. There's a, one other use case that I use. And um, what I, actually what I'm trying to build with Chainlist is this idea that you could subscribe to your home or an object. I have a checklist for all the home maintenance, when to check the filters, when to clean the gutters, uh, when to rinse the dishwasher filter, all this stuff. Well, back on my filter, I've got uh, my furnace, I've got a QR code and underneath it, I've got one of these. And if I touch my phone, it'll just say, here's what needs to be done. I have one of these on my tractor as well. My tractor's got hydraulic fluid, oil fluid. I got to just do a bunch of things, grease the joints. So I have one of these right underneath the ignition key on the tractor. I can just touch it and find <clears throat> out what needs to be done. Or, or you could have a PDF of the manual. Exactly. Yeah, this is what gets really interesting in terms of what you can attach 
right. to this idea of attaching um, digital to the physical, right. I think is really interesting. In fact, that's a great idea that most manufacturers should do is they should send a little chip with the, uh, the tool that actually has the PDF and the complete, you know, owner's manual right there in this little chip. You, you- yeah. You're seeing this more and more. Like for example, I mean, even my cast iron fireplace that I had replaced two years ago, there's a QR code right underneath it and it takes you to the PDF. It brings you right. to the um, YouTube videos on how to do maintenance or how to do right. that as well as customer support. You know, in the old days, your relationship ended with the manufacturer when you brought right. something home. Now there's an opportunity for it to begin. Right. It's kind of what I'm interested in. One of the things I've learned is what I call PDF first is before I buy an expensive piece of equipment, I look at the PDF before I buy it because there's all kinds of information in there that you just don't get on the Amazon listing, like the actual dimensions and any kind of weird thing, the clearance or just all kinds of other things that are kind of too late to find out once you've bought it, but you really do want to know before you buy it. And I would take that one further, having built the world's largest tech support company. Uh, one thing I started doing is, um, in in addition to checking the PDF manual, try and contact the customer support. Pretend that you bought this. Pretend the warranty's just expired by two months. I just had, I bought a pressure washer from Home Depot. It was still under the original one-year manufacturer's warranty. When I contacted them, they said, yeah, take it to Home Depot. Home Depot said, we don't repair them. Then they referred me to a third-party repair place who said, you have to ship it to us. So uh, the pressure washer manufacturer did a good job because they eventually just sent me a brand new one. It was cheaper than for them to repair it. Um, but that's something I recommend, especially if it has like moving parts, pretend it's broken and just try and see if you can, can you text the company? Can you tweet them? That's a lot easier than calling and sitting on hold. Do they have uh, any email? You know, companies make it hard to hear. So yeah. uh, that's my little tip on that. Oh, great. Okay. This is a great, fantastic first one. So Robert, um, Tell us about your second uh, favorite cool tool. Well, the second one is kind of a companion to these NFC tags. It's an app. It's a free app called NFC Tools, and it's available for iOS and um, Mac. And what it allows you to do is to read any NFC chip and also to write. Um, So let's say you're going to a conference and you want to put your contact card on one of these tags and do what we just said, where people can tap and get your contact info. This is the app that will let you edit and you can read and write to these and change them over and over again. There's another cool feature about these. You can lock them permanently. So you could put your contact card on here to prevent anybody from overwriting it. Right. There's a permanent write. These have a feature on them that basically burns it in. And so no one can hack it. Um, so that's the app I recommend. It's free. It's uh, they, they continue to update it. Um, I think it's a French guy that uh, makes this uh-huh. and it includes lots of information on um, kind of use cases. And and when it's just sitting there, that chip is really not being powered by any uh, battery. It's just relying on the near field power from your phone to operate. So in, in a kind of default off position, it's not consuming power. It could be there for years and years. Is that right? Yeah, you could think of it as like a, the tiniest form of wireless charging. Inside of here, if you were to look at this through an x-ray, you would see the spiral of copper wire. And that's sort of like the antenna. And when the phone passes over and it's on, it generates a very faint, super tiny magnetic field that generates just enough current to power a teeny-weeny chip in here, which wakes up and says, I'm this website address. 
and it passes that to the phone. And as soon as you pull your phone away, you'd see the electricity just drain out of this thing. A lot like your toll tags work. Um, and that's what's so miraculous is um, that as the technology gets better, they can shrink these and make them cheaper. Okay. So the second one is this app that runs on your phone, iOS, Android, presumably, that allows you to kind of program it, write your own, and add whatever it is. Is there a maximum? Is it basically the amount of information that would be contained in the URL? Is, is, that, is that about the maximum amount of information? Well, yeah, I mean, there's different data types. There's an NFC data standard, just like mm -hmm. other uh, standards. And I think the maximum is like 583 bytes of text. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you can do up to 130 characters in a URL, which should be plenty okay. uh, for most URLs. Um, it also can store, uh, most people don't know, but there's a thing called a URI, Universal Resource Locator. It's like a URL for another app on your phone. Uh -huh. So if you're trying to open up an iOS shortcut that turns on the music, you can store that. So instead of going to a web page, it jumps to a shortcut um, on your automation yeah. system and will trigger that. So like, that's like, the app can do all that stuff. I like the idea that it contains a tweet. Uh, yeah, you could literally say, yeah, tweet something or right. uh, access it. <laughs> Yeah, so you can disperse these around the conference and each one's a tweet if someone um, touches it. Uh, okay, that's fabulous. Hey, you could have like an Easter egg. You could have an Easter egg hunt where you you put these in a forest and you create an experience for people where they have to go along and tap and get the yeah. next thing. Um, so now once you write them, you can't write these remotely. But I, I'm part of the reason I wanted to share this is the more people that see how cheap and easy this is the sooner we get to truly interesting um, use cases right right it's fabulous well that's really great so um tell us your third um tool okay so the third one is sort of related and that is a lot of us uh use like apple wallet on our phone um where you know you can store all these things now i've got my clipper card i've got my bank debit card i've got uh, i even have a home depot uh gift card that has a 200 dollars balance on here so, um, but up until now, you just, a company or another app puts those cards on there. What if you want to make your own? So MakePass is, I think they have like a free version and they might have a paid version. Uh, I think I'm using the free version. It lets you make your own wallet card. So here's an example. Uh, a lot of us have Amazon Prime. And when you go there, they ask you to scan your QR code. Well, by the time you unlock your phone, open up the Amazon app and find that code, it's like everybody's waiting for you at the grocery store. So I just made a simple, mm -hmm. um, I don't want the hackers to <laughs> scan my yeah. QR code, blur that for me. Um, but basically, you can make your own code. So now when I just walk up to, um, uh, you know, there's my face ID. And I can just scan my phone underneath the laser bar code really quickly. So you can make any if you can make a qr code you can now put it on your wallet huh and um or um so you for anything again it could be a discount it could be for something that is um uh useful you could also put your qr code for anything else that you wanted a qr code even if it wasn't financial and put it in your wallet right yeah for example let's say you're doing i don't know some kind of an event and but 
this is like, you're not going to go through some whole platform and pay a fee. Mm -hmm. You could generate your own pass right. that you send a link to people that they can, you make this on this app. Mm -hmm. And now you have the same technology that all these other big airlines have to right, do right. your boarding pass. And you can generate a one-time pass right, that you right. give out to people that they have to show. It doesn't even have to have a QR code on it. They let you do the artwork, the color, the background. Again, it's... Um, most people aren't aware that this stuff is so cheap and free. Right, right, right. And uh, I love um, seeing what people do with it. I guess it's almost, you can think of it as making a ticket too. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't even have to have a QR code. It could literally just be a password or right, it's right, like, right. Hey everybody, we're going to let you in the back of the building, but you have to show this thing. Right, right. Um, and you're making it easier than them hunting through their email okay. or something. Um, okay. It's great. So you're on a roll. How about the fourth uh, tool? Okay, so to complete this whole kit here, um, Stripe, which if you're not familiar with them, they're probably uh, one of the most successful startups of all time. And they're one of the best, one of my favorite startups because the quality of their software is so good. Um, Stripe powers basically most of the commerce. If you buy something on a website, Stripe is probably doing the credit card processing. Anyway, they've just launched, made it available to anybody, what are called payment links. This is, I cannot tell you how important this is. They will let you take a Apple Pay payment with no um, other programming, no website. They will generate a custom link. So for example, for this little community nonprofit that I volunteer for, I want to simplify and make it easy for donations. So if you go to our website um, on the donation page, I, I went to Stripe, I created four links, one for $10, one for $25, one for 50, and one for 100. And that link, guess what I did? I put it on one of these. Right. You tap it, it just goes to an Apple Pay page or Google Pay. It detects which phone you have, and you can just pay right there. It's all built in. They take their standard two point whatever percent plus 30 cent transaction fee. And um, what's I think what's significant here is you don't need a website. You could literally use like Linktree, which is a free service for the link in bio. So if you think about it, we're now at the state where you can be an artist or a creator, and you could be at a fair and say, oh, do you like my stuff? I don't even have a website. Go to my Linktree bio, or you don't even need a website. Here, tap here to donate, or you could share it on Twitter. So payment links are easy, fast. You don't need to be a programmer, and it's part of this no-code movement. Uh, very exciting. But you could also embed it on a web page if you wanted to, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what's great is that once you have the link, you can embed it um, and it adapts. Uh, if somebody pulls up that link on a mobile phone, it formats it. If they pull it up on an iPhone, it'll show the Apple Pay icon, meaning people don't even have to enter the payment details. And what if you click on it on a, on a desktop? On a, in a browser. A nice desktop interface and it detects Stripe software works so well. It detects if you're in Safari browser or mm -hmm. if you're Chrome and you have a Google wallet, it will pull up the Google uh, wallet logo and you can pay again without having to, uh, you know, without even having to give your personal details. Okay. That's really fabulous. Um, yeah, because um, I sell sometimes um, PDFs and stuff and that would be a great way to sell a PDF. Um, for a few dollars where you're just putting a link next to the PDF or in the PDF, I guess. And then people could just, they like it and click here. Yeah. Well, you were one of the first people to put QR codes in the right. cool tools book. And now imagine in your PDF, there's a link 
there's a QR code if somebody prints it out. And both of those, and that, by the way, these links don't just work for one-time payments. They also support subscriptions. Mm -hmm. So people can subscribe for $10 by tapping it. So on my website, I actually have eight links, mm -hmm. you know, two for $10, one for a one-time or one for a subscription, mm -hmm. uh, 25, 50, and 100. So each of those wow. kind of have two options. Okay. And uh, I have no programming. I don't have to worry about the security. It fully supports Apple Pay and Google Wallet. Um, this has not really been offered this simply before. Okay. So we're, we're, it's called Payment Links from Stripe, and we'll have links in the show notes. So, Robert, tell us about your newest, coolest, greatest thing that you're working on that you're excited by. So tell us about Chainlist. And what, what is that? So, and what, what are you, why are you excited by it? Well, you know, if you think about with GeekSwat, I wanted to let average people get access to technology and tech support. But a much bigger vision, I built GeekSwat on checklists, and it's it's an idea I've had for like 10 years, but I want to do reusable checklists. So if you're familiar with GitHub, it allows programmers to reuse software code. Well, checklists are like source code for people. Like, for example, you, uh, I want you to write a checklist on how to, you just published Vanishing Asia. You just published your own book uh, for like the fourth or fifth time or more. Um, you there's a lot of information being a checklist on how to do that. Or when you buy a home, what if when the realtor gives you the keys, they say, oh, by the way, there's one of these taped to your furnace in the back, just tap and you can subscribe to your house. So what I built with Chainlist is you can subscribe to a checklist. It doesn't just tell you what to do, but it's encoded with when to do it, just like a newsletter. Imagine getting an email saying it's time to check the house, uh, the you know the filter vent for the furnace. It's time to um, bleed your irrigation lines before the winter so they don't freeze. Think of all the myriad things, uh, either for things you own or like for employee onboarding. Uh, every time uh, you onboard an employee, uh, what if uh, Stripe published a checklist on the best way to set up a donation page? Um, so you notice how you said earlier when I I want to see the PDF of a manual. What I want manufacturers to do is to put a QR code or a tag on a product and you can access the PDF, but more importantly, you can access the maintenance checklist and subscribe mm -hmm. to it. PDFs don't talk to you. A chain list will talk to you. And the mm -hmm. last part I'll say is that I wanna also be very social. The first question you asked me is, are you open sourcing this? Well, I'm starting, the whole design is that any checklist that you choose to share publicly, anybody can fork that checklist and communities can start to spawn up uh, where they make versions of a checklist um, and share them. So, so you can think of it as sort of like a living checklist that can, it's not static, it's constantly being updated by users, um, by maybe the original creator, and when some when someone improves a checklist in one area, you have the option of getting those changes on your checklist, and so that, things can be improved and disseminated throughout the community. And you have a kind of a very active, living kind of checklist that's not static and permanent. Yeah, it might sound crazy, but <clears throat> this this particular product has never been built before. There's mm -hmm. been to-do apps. A to-do app is something that lives on your phone. You do it once. A checklist is something you do more than once. Mm 
And there's two ways to interact with it. One is a subscription where, hey, Stripe makes a great checklist on how, how to prevent financial fraud from uh, credit card processing for your startup. So I subscribe to that. When they update it, I get the latest version. Another one is where you make copies of a checklist and you can edit and make it your own, but you can they're linked. You can see changes in the one you made copies from and pull down <clears throat> updates or ignore ones that you don't. And now imagine a single checklist by a nursing student in Iowa who um, has the best COVID um, mm. advice for hosting events. Right. And she's updating it weekly with data from the CDC. And then hotels and restaurants could fork that checklist into other versions. And that's kind of what I, I talked to the founders of GitHub and I said, you know, why isn't GitHub used for more than just uh, source code? And they said, well, it's kind of focused for that, but they kind of blessed the idea and said, yeah, this would totally work for that. I'm a big fan of kits and kits have basically a checklist for assembling them. They're called the instructions. And what I would really like to be able to do is to annotate and share and have people who are putting the kit together share improvements to it because inevitably these instructions lack these, you know, they missed something or it's unclear what that step was, but you really want to be able to have something that can be improved by people using it. And that I think maybe your change list, change list suggests that that could be one vehicle that people could do where you have assembly instructions, which are basically a kind of a checklist that many people use, um, that you have the option of improving, annotating it, suggesting a, uh, an amendment, uh, an edit, and so that would be one way that they could be used as well. Yeah, like you said, I mean, you can attach documents to a chain list. You right. can also attach links to YouTube videos, right? I want to let uh, users compete with the manufacturer to make better versions. Um, but unlike a PDF, a, the chain list is much more dynamic. You can attach a schedule to it. So it reminds you when it's time to do things. Sure. Um, but it doesn't have to live in your head. Right. It can even be uh, stored on the device itself by attaching one of these. Sure. So um, in, in practical terms, um, <clears throat> change list uh, lives on, is it, is it a browser or is it a piece of software? Is it an app? What, what's uh, this? Chain list is a web app, just chainlist.com. Okay. Uh, in fact, it's about to go to public beta. So technically this is the first time I'd be publicly mentioning it. So this is kind of like my pandemic project. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's public beta, um, but we've been testing it for months and it's uh, ready to go. It's uh, something that I've wanted to build for years. Right. Uh, and so um, right now so you just you can access it on any browser and just begin to use it there. Yeah, because, you know, think about it. If you let's say you're a roofer and you've got a team that has to go out and set up the scaffolding. That's a pretty important safety thing. That person could have a checklist and a QR code on the kit or send a text to the team saying, you know, I want you to run through these steps to make sure the thing is secured. And future versions will let them say you have to attach a photograph mm. as part of the checklist. Like, for example, when you rent one of those scooters, they actually make you take a photo that you've attached the scooter into the dock or parked it on the street. Right. That's a checklist that uses a photo mm. as the check. So I want to start to add other features like that where they get more uh, complex and then that person can use the checklist as a way of kind of uh, controlling that. You mentioned that um, in your ex experiments so far, um, one of the most avid users of change list was uh, Airbnb um, hosts because they 
or even maybe the renters as well, because you have um, complicated information that you need to kind of transmit um, to someone that you don't know and they don't know you. And um, that might be a really good way for anybody who's you know, renting things out in Airbnb to kind of maintain um, <clears throat> their place remotely and you know be reminded and also maybe um, servicing the, the, the visitors and clients as well. Yeah, you know, when you think about it, an Airbnb visit, I mean, every time before you go there, you want to know that it's clean. They've got to make sure the Wi-Fi is working. There's like at least 40 plus steps, even in like a basic apartment that you'd rent. So probably the cleaning crew has to do that. What Chainlist allows the property owner to do is there's a QR code in the back for the crew to scan each time they do it the owner gets notified if it wasn't done each time, as well as they can remotely edit. So whatever QR code they're scanning, they mm -hmm. pull up the newest version. So if they think, oh, I also have to watch the curtains. Oh, we have to make sure the Wi-Fi password works, stuff like that. By the way, this is one of my favorite uses for these. You can encode your Wi-Fi password on here. So guests can tap their phone and join the Wi-Fi like that without having to type in 35 characters. But then there's a checklist to clean the property when it's done. Then there's the maintenance of the property. So even something like that, there's at least three plus checklists. And that's uh, what that's what I'm trying to build. Well, that's really fantastic. So that's chainlist.com. And um, it's really, really great, Robert, what you've invented. Um, I'm really eager to try it out. And um, hopefully the people who are listening will help you with your beta version of this. So thank you uh, for fantastically useful and, and stuff I haven't heard about before. So, so, so you're, you're way ahead of everybody here. And um, I greatly appreciate your taking time to share this afternoon. So thank you. Great to be back on Cool Tools. Yes. We're glad that you enjoyed this issue of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Just want to remind you that we have some other coolish material on our YouTube channel here. Please subscribe, comment, like. In addition, um, this Cool Tools Show and Tell is also available in an Audible podcast form. You can subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to other podcasts if you just wanted to listen. And if you're listening, know that there is a visual version of this on our YouTube channel we're, we're actually showing the tools and um, there's a little bit more of a visual component there. In addition, the same folks that put us, uh, the Cool Tools website out, we also put out a free newsletter every week. It's very, very short. It's one page or less. We recommend six very brief items um, that are very succinct, easy to read. You can Deal with it in a couple minutes, and every week we bring to you the six cool things that we have uncovered and want to share. And it's called Recommendo with one M, recommendo.com. You'll be able to find it there. It's free. Join 50,000 plus other subscribers every Sunday morning. You'll get it in your email box. And it's actually one of the most popular things that we produce. But we do produce other newsletters as well. One of them is called What's in Your Bag? We have one that goes out to um, tools and tips for your workshop. So you can get those at our website um, and they are also free. And finally, um, I want to mention the fact that um, we do have a Patreon and um, this 
podcast and this vidcast are supported by patron supporters. The minimum is a dollar a month. And for that, you get um, an email to ask us anything. We'll respond and um, answer your question if we're able to. There are other higher levels. You can all see those at our Patreon page. And all those links are below right here. So thank you again for being a fan. And um, we'll keep producing stuff if you enjoy it. Thanks. Thanks to this week's Patreons. They include Rachel Steele, Michael Lenardi, David Robson, Varo Patel, James Boismer, Daniel Cochran, Edge Cetra, Melissa Feldman, and Jeremy. Thank you all. <laughs>